Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Stanton, and welcome back to Scotty Stories, our podcast about the journeys from life as a CMU student to life as a working professional. Our guest today is Sammy Walker Herrera. Sammy is currently a career coach at the University of Florida, and she graduated from CMU with a dual degree in psychology and Hispanic studies in 2016. Sammy, welcome. Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me on today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to chat with someone who's working in the same field that I am. Um, and, you know, to get started, I'll just say that I know that my own path to career services was both um, pretty indirect and unexpected, but I'd love to hear how you found your way into this field. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting, too, because I was on a CMU alumni panel where they asked us a question about whether we saw ourselves in the role that we were currently in when we were an undergrad and actually did, which is kind of bizarre. Really? Um, Yes. And so a lot of that was not coming in right directly into undergraduate. I did know what I wanted to study. I did know I wanted to study psychology since I took two years of psychology in high school. Um, Spanish kind of found me. I had studied Spanish for four years in high school as well, and I had just been tired of being one of the only two folks in South Texas in my class who didn't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I started taking my Hispanic studies classes, I felt like, okay, I can learn with this group. I can learn more um, um, about my own cultural heritage in a place where I feel like I can really grow um, a lot more. But I really came into career services because I went to the Career Center for, for the first time the Career and Professional Development Center at Carnegie Mellon in my first semester to apply to be an RA for the next academic year. And I really just loved working with that career coach. And she highlighted to me that there were mentor positions and an availability to work as a student in the center. And so I applied for that position as well and very luckily was able to interview and be in that position for three years. I loved it. I loved working directly with students. I love navigating through folks' experiences and highlighting the accomplishments they didn't realize that they've maybe, that they they have, they just didn't Mm -hmm. know how to articulate. Um, And so by the time I was graduating, I knew I wanted to be a career coach or at least work toward becoming a career coach. That's so cool. I didn't realize that you were a CPM in our office for that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started, technically it was my first year because they start training um, in March of your, of of the year that you're hired. But yeah, I was working as a career mentor. I worked in, let's see, I worked in the, in Boston McGill house in Stever in the res as well, um, doing a lot of those early education and presentations for first year students. Nice. That kind of goes against my my hypothesis, which was that higher ed and student affairs in particular is often overlooked as a career path for students. Um, you know, maybe because it's a little too close to home. But I know that in my meetings with students, whenever I um, you know start talking about the idea that you can have a career in higher ed, um, it comes as a surprise. It's not something that I find a lot of students have uh, you know as top of mind. Um, did you explore different paths within student affairs or, or, you know, was it, um, only career services because you had had that experience, um, with our office and also, you know, what types of students do you think might be drawn to this kind of work, working with a college student population? 
Yeah, well, student affairs and working as a career coach still came to me as a surprise um, in the sense that I had been working at the Career Center. I Even my, my partner and my friends at the time were saying, whenever we ask you how you're doing or what's going on, you never talk about your classes. You always talk about your jobs, mm -hmm. uh, working as a career mentor, working as an RA, working at Western Psychiatric as an undergraduate psychology intern and doing translation, like things like that. I always talked about some of those things I was doing instead of like the projects or the research um, or the papers for my classes. And so when I knew I was going to graduate school based on studying psychology, Hispanic studies, um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I only really made a choice and actually truly started knowing about what student affairs was my senior year. Um, in around October of my senior year. So a lot of it was, I, I knew I loved what I was doing, but I still didn't come to the realization that I could do that myself for a few years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now you're at University of Florida. Um, tell us a little bit more about your day-to-day -day and, and what you enjoy most about your current position. Yeah, um, but you did ask a little earlier too, like, you know, kinds of students who would be drawn to working in student affairs or working as mm -hmm. a career coach or exploration. Um, I've definitely explored different areas of student affairs. I knew once I went into my program at Slippery Rock University, which is about an hour north of Pittsburgh, um, I didn't want to just only go into career coaching. I also wanted to learn the other areas so that I could be more marketable or I could also find other passions. And so I worked in diversity and inclusion for quite a few years, probably three, four years as a graduate assistant and then full-time as well. So that's definitely something I recommend for folks, even if you come into student affairs and this because my orientation experience or my resident assistant experience or my um, diversity and inclusion internship experience, it is really important to check out the other areas or functional areas in student affairs. And I think it, this really works for folks who are interested in having um, in using a lot of their people skills who perhaps are interested in counseling counseling and clinical, but maybe are not interested in some of the um, more of the details or going as in depth with counseling theory or in depth with things like legality or private practice, things like that. Because there's definitely a lot of helping skills that I use, even mm -hmm. counseling based theories that I use, um, but not to the same depth as someone doing kind of that individualized therapy. Um, but here working at University of Florida, kind of my day to day, I have a very interesting position because I am a career coach for a specific college, and that's the College of Agricultural and Life Sciences, which I don't have specific content area expertise in any of the agricultural based programs such as horticultural sciences, plant sciences, animal sciences, um, even thinking about interdisciplinary ecology. And so I'm definitely learning <laughs> pretty mm -hmm. quickly. And often I learn so much from the students. And so it, it, using these coaching skills to get a better sense of, oh, why do you value this major? Um, why do you value the strengths that you've built and how do you consider applying them? Helps me learn more of that content expertise, but also helps them really reflect on their own experiences. And so my role is in three parts. So I'd work directly with students for one-on-ones and workshops. I work directly with faculty and staff to promote these as well as host workshops, presentations, or give advice for professional development or career courses. And then I also serve as an, an employment coach or recruitment uh, coach. And so I support employers, about 25 um, recruiters and employers that tend to be looking to hire students in the college bag. Wow, so you have a you have a lot on your plate. 
Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a lot of it's relationship management, relationship building, um, learning how to follow up, check in, anticipate needs, no recruiting trends, as well as know um, a lot of trends based on what students are looking for. So we use a lot of data in our center, which mm -hmm. is really helpful to understand not only what are the services most requested, but even the types of topics students are the most interested in um, hearing about. And so especially with the uh, with everything happening with COVID-19, we've seen a lot of marked differences from just last year alone. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with you um, that career services is a lot more than just counseling and coaching skills. There's a little bit of marketing. There's a lot of research. There's mm -hmm. data analysis. Like you said, there's there's relationship management. Um, and so I think that, um, especially with an education from Dietrich, um, you really come out with a lot of those skills um, that, that would be applicable to a role like this or to um, another role within student affairs. Mm -hmm. Was there um, anything um, in particular about your curriculum at Dietrich outside of psychology um, that you've been able to take away and really apply to your professional life now? Hmm. Great question. Um, I often think about my Hispanic studies major, and it's so funny even thinking about like, it was only like a year ago that I realized I studied ethnic studies. So funny. Um, but my focus in Dietrich and Hispanic studies was translation. And so I think a lot about just the core tenets of translation, which is understanding the meaning someone else is making, checking in to see if that is adequate or if that makes sense, um, you know, direct translations versus translations that are more based on a specific cultural context um, are important. So thinking about all the colloquial phrases we have in English, right, as being an American, thinking about, okay, how do we translate those? Maybe not directly. How do we find uh, an equivalent colloquialism or phrase in Spanish, for example, right? So I think a lot about those types of skills for translation in how I work with students to think about the way they present themselves in their career language, in professional development language. We know that resumes have a specific language to them that is definitely could be off-putting for folks, right? It's oftentimes a third person or really focusing on your accomplishments and your results. And we often don't talk about ourselves in these ways. So I work a lot with students in motivating um, and understanding that it's about kind of learning um, the features of a new language. Um, and restating and reframing what they talk about so that they can feel motivated by what they've already done. They don't have to have new do anything new, but oftentimes I try to use some more of that career language or motivational language to help them understand that they're awesome and that they can definitely, there's no imposter syndrome there. They can definitely present themselves as awesome as I see them. Yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't even think about how your language background and experience could come into play, but it definitely does. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think about it too often. Maybe I should like write a blog about it or something. Or talk you should. About it. I think you should. <laughs> um, and, you know, as career coaches, um, I think um, our office, I know, possibly also your office, um, uses the, the chaos theory a lot when mm -hmm. we're talking to students. So, um, you know, this is basically where an unplanned experience or a chance encounter really can shape the future of your career in a way that you maybe wouldn't have anticipated. Do you have any examples of that um, with your own career path? Hmm. So it's funny, chaos theory is a fun one to bring up because chaos theory originated with physics, right? And I'm currently dating a physicist, an astrophysicist, and so I'll bring <laughs> it up and he's like, what? Um, so that's pretty cool. And so oftentimes the things 
the ideas that we have in coaching, in counseling, they're borrowed from other spaces, but allow us to really integrate that knowledge and even bring some of those folks to our table, right? Um, bring some of the scientists to understand a little bit more about what we do and how we could create value with our liberal arts or humanities-based degrees. So I just want to plug that for a second. But mm -hmm. thinking about chaos theory, chaos theory is about the non-linearity of a career path or life path, meaning that there usually isn't a certain should, there isn't, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And oftentimes one way that I advocate for students to check out career paths is to review folks' LinkedIn pages to see, okay, what is that career path or have informational interviews to get a better sense of what that person's path was. And that usually normalizes that it wasn't do this step, do this step, do this step, okay, success. Right. Um, it's about really having your own reflection, really making your own meaning about your experiences and then being able to communicate that well to other folks, um, especially folks who, uh, especially if you're trying to do a career change or if you're trying to advocate for yourself in a specific leadership role um, or your transferable skills, for example. So I think that nonlinearity is something that we all experience, but maybe we don't really fully understand quite yet. And sometimes as well, we kind of have the outer veneer of, oh, okay, she studied psychology and now she works with, with people and and talks to them. So that makes sense. But there's still so many ways that I view it as nonlinear um, of my experience in diversity and inclusion amplifies what I do as a career coach. My experience working at a student affairs association um, of recognizing how to support graduate students specifically. Um, just one of my, one of the things I liked doing was researching about masters and doctoral programs. And so at our career center, oftentimes folks, folks ask me about that. So it's about how do your different experiences amplify where you are? And that's how you can frame it instead of saying, well, I kind of bopped around and tried to figure some of these things out. That's true. But oftentimes there, there is still more of a, a rhyme or reason, but it's the meaning you make of it. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of good advice. Would you ever think of coming back to CMU? <laughs> that, that would be kind of awesome. I definitely really miss the team for sure. There's still a good number of folks who are on the, the team when I was there who are my mentors or my supervisors or who cheered yeah. me on. I know I met with you when I was applying for this position. So thank you, you so much for your support, um, reviewing my resume, reviewing my cover letter. Because um, again, it's that motivation game as well. Just feeling like you're um, crossing your T's, you're dotting your I's, but that you also have a support system and some insight from folks who are in your field. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain one more time. And this is actually something that I've been asking um, a lot of our guests um, because it is 2020, and and it almost feels strange to not mention how the world has turned upside down. But you know, for students who graduated last year, who are gonna graduate in 2021. Um, who are looking for internships in a world that is completely different than it was a year ago. What advice do you have um, for these students who may be feeling a little discouraged at times or unsteady and not sure about their future? That's a really great question. Um, and so my advice for students would definitely be to, hmm, to per perhaps create some projects based on their hobbies, based on their interests, make sure that you're doing something, not in the sense of like 
you know, busyness culture, stress culture. I always have to be doing something, but maybe whether it is more of a hobby that you're building out or a project that you're building out, something to look forward to, something to be excited about that maybe in some ways you don't realize you're, you're building or highlighting strengths that you hadn't had before. And so if you, for example, are really interested in marketing, doing some of your own marketing research as part of like your own interest, um, getting some more of those insights that way, um, kind of signing up for newsletters, learning about opportunities. I'm definitely, when you think about StrengthsQuest, I'm an input is my top strength, which means I, uh, I can process and love to collect as much information as possible. Um, and so information definitely is power, um, but oftentimes, you know, not inundating yourself, but thinking about, okay, if I do have informational interviews with folks, maybe I should ask like, what do they read? What do they check into? Because knowing those trends and knowing how you can even start your own personal branding to be really more competitive for a specific industry is really powerful. Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. Thank and finally, um, you know, any any favorite memories of CMU or the CPDC that you'd like to share? Hmm. Favorite memories. I have so many favorite memories from the CPDC. Um, but let me let me think of one at least. I think the CPDC really helped me build my confidence and help me be a lot more a lot more extroverted, I think. And so because it was such a public facing role um, and oftentimes, yes, we, many of us might have customer service roles um, on our resumes. And there are certain ways that you describe that, but there are like on a resume or on a document, but there's so many new ways that you can really talk about those customer service roles, helping you build your own personal development, let alone your professional development. And so I think the working at the, not even think, I know working at the Career and Professional Development Center at CMU really helped build my confidence and helped me understand, wow, I'm an expert in these topics. I've really studied it. Um, it's not something common for folks to be studying a lot more specifically. Um, and so I can really support, for example, this, my sisters in my sorority, or I can really support the residents that I'm working with or fellow students in my psychology program. And so it built me a lot of confidence because it helped me find something that I was really passionate about to become an expert in and really tell my story of being an expert, even as an undergraduate student. Great. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely sound like you have so much passion for this line of work, which I really admire. Um, and it sounds like I, I asked you to be a guest to plug the CPDC, <laughs> um, which wasn't the case at all. But I'm really happy that you, um, you know, you had a chance to share your own story and hopefully um, maybe inspire some students to consider a similar line of work. So thanks again, Sammy. It was great to have you. Of course, thank you so much again for this opportunity and any students who want to connect with me just to learn a little bit more about my story, my own career path or, you know, get some nuggets of career advice, you can always feel free to reach out um, and Kristen might be able to connect you in any way possible. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you.